So in Joshua chapter 24, Joshua pulls together all the leaders of Israel and they're, they come together to reaffirm God's covenant with them. It's a covenant made with, with Moses some years before that and, and Joshua is now taking the leadership role uh, of Israel. And he begins by looking at what God has done for Israel. All the times that God has saved them, all the times that God's gotten them out of all the messes that they've gotten themselves into, delivered them from oppression, whooped the tail of, of some enemy that has come their way like 10 or 15 times in, uh, in this overview in Joshua 24, in this overview of Israel's history, the word I is used of God. It says, I led Abraham, I sent, uh, I sent Moses and Aaron, I busted up the Egyptians, I brought you to the land, I destroyed your enemies. He says, you didn't do it with your own sword, I gave you the land. God's amazing goodness is the backdrop to what Joshua then says to all of his leaders, all of his guys. He charges them in verse 14. He charges them with fear the Lord and throw away all of those other false gods and serve the Lord. But if, he says this, he says, but if, like it's almost sarcastic. He says, but if, if serving him, if that just doesn't make sense to you, if it seems undesirable to you, the New International Version uses the word undesirable. If that seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves today, right now, who you're going to serve. But, thank God for buts in the but. That probably didn't sound right. Thank God for the word but in the Bible. Joshua says, but... As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, you see that, that, that verse all the time on all kind of stuff at Lifeway and here and there printed. And you see, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But you don't know what comes before that. And what comes before that is all of God's goodness over and over and over and over what he has done for us. And then he says, you've got to make a choice. And the choice, Joshua says... For his house, he's going to serve the Lord. So today is Father's Day, and we honor all the dads, and we're, we're praying that God will bless all the fathers beyond measure. And maybe Father's Day is a tough day for you because maybe your dad has passed away, and you just this is one of those days that you just miss him like crazy. Maybe your dad was not necessarily the kind of dad that was a blessing to you and celebrate it, celebrating Father's Day, it may just get all up in your nerves. But today I'm talking to dads. I'm talking to young men. I'm talking to single moms and married moms with sons. I'm talking to moms with daughters who will ultimately find young men. I'm talking to grandpas and uncles and great uncles and and today we're, we're, we're not just going to talk about fatherhood, but we're going to talk about authentic manhood and being a godly leader for your family. And if you are sitting here today and you are a single mom of a son, I want to point you and paint an image of what a godly man looks like 
to impress upon your son of what he ought to look like five or ten or fifteen years from now. You know, when when Moses died and God placed Joshua as the leader uh, in Israel, God promised Joshua spiritual resources that would help him lead Israel. He gave him three or four things. He gave him, God gave Joshua his authority. God gave Joshua his word to meditate on. And, and God gave Joshua his presence as a protector and a guide. And this is in your worship guides. Everybody have a worship guide? If you don't, we can, we can get them out. I want, you, I want everybody to have one. Um, so being a great leader is not about being perfect. I don't want you all ever think that, that leaders are somehow perfect. It's not about being perfect. It is about being courageous. It's about having the courage to trust God. It's about having the courage to do the right thing, to stand alone sometimes when that's necessary, to move ahead, to not crumble under pressure, and to get back up when you get knocked down because you're getting knocked down. It's not if you're going to get knocked down. It's when you get back, uh, knocked down, and it's about having the courage to get back up. If, if you and I can rely on, on God's authority, on God's word, and on God's presence, we can develop the courage to lead. And it doesn't start out there. It starts in our homes. It doesn't start out in the world. It starts <clears throat> in our homes because the world is going to attack our family. And so the leadership of a man, it starts inside of his home. So number one is this. Number one is your marriage, men, your marriage is your responsibility. Your marriage is your responsibility. You are the leader of your home. The buck stops with you. The success or the lack of success of your marriage is on you. And you may think that, uh, that your wife is is respons- is responsible maybe she is to some degree but you are more responsible your marriage is your responsibility and you got to take the primary uh responsibility for that for any failure because it is all happening on your watch there are way too many weak men today that constantly want to blame somebody else for everything they want to blame somebody else. What did Adam, what did Adam say to God in the garden when Eve sinned? What was the very first thing Adam said? He looks at God and he said, this woman that you gave me made me eat the apple. Well, that's the very first thing he said. My son, my youngest son, when, when he got saved, he said, Daddy, why can't I do the things that I know I ought to do? And I said, because your mom ate the apple. And she looked at me and said, she looked at me and said, because you weren't man enough to stop me. Well, that, that's what happened. That's what happened in the garden. Guys, there, there's too many times when a marriage turns south, the man turns off and disengages. He waits for his wife to get her act together. I don't even know what that means. Dude, it is to, up to us to man up. If you got to drop your pride as a man, drop the pride and fight for your wife. We have to fight for our wives. 
when you man up and you lead your wife by loving her like Christ loved the church. Christ loved the church sacrificially. So when a man loves his wife like Christ loved the church, she will respect you more, she will feel safe and secure, and she will follow. Godly male leadership is intended to bless and honor women, not to degrade them. It is intended to bless and honor women. Not, this is not a sexist thing at all because godly male leadership blesses and honors women. And every single person in this room, I would imagine, knows some self-centered men, egotistical men who have demeaned, talked down to, ignored, and maybe even abused their wives typically because they're bigger physically and stronger, physically and probably louder. Godly male leaders don't lord their leadership over their wives because God's economy is different. In God's economy, the strong die for the weak. In God's economy, the one in charge jumps on the grenade for his men. The godly leader serves and protects those who God gives him. And I promise you that it is... It is only because of God that Susan Griffinhagen would have anything at all to do with me. And I would jump in front of the train for her just that fast because God has given her to me. She is a blessing to me. And the Bible calls the wife your helper. And she'll be a better helper to you as you come alongside and help her. You bear the heaviest burden. The man needs to bear the heaviest burdens, not, not his wife. Women are designed perfectly, uniquely and perfectly by God to complement our weaknesses just as we are designed to complement their weaknesses. So together, together, men and women, we, we glorify God within the context of mutual respect and unconditional love. Lead your wives by serving them well. Serve them well by protecting them well. And protect them by fighting for your marriage. Keep these words in your mind. Not on my watch. Not on my My marriage is not fixing to fall apart while I am guarding it. If I'm guarding and watching over my marriage, it is not going to fall apart. So number one is your marriage is your responsibility. And number two, your children are your responsibility. You are the God-ordained leader in your home. The, the primary responsibility for the training up of kids, it lands on your shoulders. The burden's not on your wife. The burden is not on your school. The burden is not even on this church. Primarily, the burden is on dad. And I'm not saying that your wife has no responsibility. But just like your marriage, you, the man, have the most responsibility. The buck, again, stops with you. The Bible, God, through the Bible, commissions men. It calls men into responsibility. It calls, he calls men into responsibility for the spiritual maturity of the kids. Moses instructs his leaders 
And this principle is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But Moses instructs his leaders in Deuteronomy 6, 7 to teach the word to their children. When? All the time. And, and verse 7 says, when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And then in Ephesians 6, 4, Paul kind of echoes this in the New Testament. Paul exhorts fathers to not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. You and I see this in the world we live in today. Kids dissing the church in mass as soon as they finish high school. You gotta be blind not to see that. And, 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 and this is not gonna sound good, but it is primarily poor fathering that is to blame. When dads lead spiritually in the home, the odds skyrocket that the, that the children will stay engaged with the church and God long term. If your kids are stumbling, if your kids are rebellious, if they're falling apart, there may be some other reasons, but the buck stops with you because it's happening under your watch. And you may not be able to fix everything immediately, but you dang sure can be brave enough to step in, to man up, to address issues head on, because the God of angel armies is walking right alongside of you. you got to lead with a purpose. Address the problems and do every single thing in your power to keep those problems from happening again. you got to fight for your kids. you got to fight for your wife and you got to fight for your marriage. And don't let this sound bleak. It's not bleak. Don't get yourself all guilt-ridden about something that has happened in the past. And I, and I realize that there are some issues that very well may be bigger than your love and your leadership, bigger than they can conquer. But if you let the world get you passive and disconnected, and hear me, the world is trying to get men to be passive and disconnected. The world is trying to feminize men. Men and women are wired up differently. Equality doesn't mean sameness. Men and women are made in the image of God uniquely and wired up differently. And the the world is going to fight everything that the Word says about men and everything that the Word says about women. So you got to keep God's Word, keep God's principles at the top of your mind and in the forefront and in the center of your kids' eyes. And so I want you to ingrain these, these words, these four words, ingrain these words in your mind, not on my watch. Tattoo them on your forearm. Tattoo them on your bicep. I bet you ain't never heard a preacher say, get a tattoo. If you're going to get a tattoo, get not on my watch, right on your arm. And you look at your arm every day and you say, this junk ain't happening while I am guarding my family. And I don't care where you've been. Today is the day that you can start. God told Joshua, be strong and be courageous. David told his son Solomon, he said, you will have success if you're careful to observe the decrees and the laws the Lord God gave Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Now, 
Clearly, the Scripture tells men to be strong and be courageous. What is it, what is it that we need to do? How, how do we do that as men? How can we be the spiritual leader that God calls us to be? First and foremost, you can't if you're not walking with God yourself. You want wisdom? Trust God. You want to be strong? Rely on God. You want to lead effectively? Follow God. So number two is your children are your responsibility. And number three is that successful leadership of your family begins with Christ's leadership in your life. It begins with his leadership in your life. Is he your savior today? Is he your Lord today? I can tell you that God just, he loves when men seek him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And then Jesus echoed those words in Matthew chapter 7. In verse 7, he said, Seek and you will find. God eats it up when men seek and search and are on a quest to find him. And when you do find him, spend time with him. You're one-on-one, you're one-on-one time with God, and you've got to carve out the time to do that. And your one-on-one time with him, it, it, will, it will radically transform your role as the leader in your family. John, in his gospel in chapter 15 and verse 5, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. It doesn't say apart from me, you can do something. It says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We have got to be tied to. We've got to be shackled to Christ to lead effectively. And if we can focus on that relationship, if you and I, as male leaders, if we can focus on that relationship with Jesus, we will find it easier and more natural to want our wife and kids along on that ride. You want to grow and you want your family to grow? Spend some time in the Word with your family. Take the table talk that's in your worship guide and just discuss that during the week with your family. Pick a book of the Bible and walk through that with your family. You ain't on no timeline. You don't have to say, we're going to do Genesis in in three months, which you're not going to do Genesis in three months. But whatever it is, you're not on some, on some, some timeline. Men, you are the key influencer in your family. You are the key influencer in your family. Exploit that influence for Jesus. So fight for your family. Number number four, love your kids through your marriage. Model Christ-like love for your children. Let your kids see you love your wife like Christ loved the church sacrificially. When children see a husband and a wife authentically love each other, they feel better, their self-esteem is better, they sleep better at night. The problem is the other side of that coin is also true. If your marriage is a little shaky, man up and make it right. If it's a little shaky, man up and make it right. If you got to eat some pride to make it right, then eat some pride. Christ loved the church sacrificially. If you need to sacrifice for your family, then you need to sacrifice for your family. Model Christ's humility for your children. 
Fight for your children, fight for your wife, and fight for your family. And if you're divorced, and this is a tough, this is a tough subject. If, if you're divorced, let your children know that that's not the way that you intended for it to be. That's not the way that God intended for it to be. Ask your children's forgiveness for that. Show them in the Scriptures what a godly marriage looks like. If you have been remarried, show them in that marriage what a godly marriage looks like. Fight for your kids to to end uh, some sort of a cycle of divorce. Number five, tell your kids you love them. Tell them you love them all the time. I, I'm telling you, I, the first time I remember my dad telling me that he loved me, I was 43 years old. And maybe, maybe that's a generational thing. I, I don't know. I can't tell. My kids are like, leave me alone with the love stuff. But I, and, and I guess maybe when you hit 45 or 50, you get all sappy or something. I don't know. And you cry at everything. <clears throat> but tell your, they need to hear the confirmation of a father's love. They, they do. Unconditional love, not conditional love, not love that if they act good, then, then you love them. Or if they behave and they, don't get, they get good grades. I don't know. It's unconditional love. When you tell that your son or your daughter that there is nothing, absolutely nothing that they can do that would affect your love for them, you, you just don't even know how big of a deal that is. There is such power in those words. There is crazy grace in those words. There's, there's the love of Christ in those words. Is there anything that you and I can do that will affect God's love for us? Is there anything that we can do that will make Him love us less? No. You know what? There's nothing you can do to make Him love you more. You cannot. He lo- it's un- that's what unconditional love is. That is what godly men model for their children. Those three words can change a kid's life forever. You model your heavenly Father's love for your children. Make sure they know how thankful you are that God gave them to you and entrusted them to you. And figure out a way to make them understand that you would jump in front of a train for them. Number six is love them in your time. Love them through your time. Does your job, better said, does doing your job well, does that set a good example for your children? Does being good is being good at your career a good thing? Of of course it's a good thing. But your kids have got to know that it's not more important than they are. I said this to the moms and the future moms a few weeks ago on Mother's Day. And I'm going to say it to the dads and the future dads and the moms of the future dads today. And that is that being daddy is more important than your career. That doesn't mean that your career is not important. I'm not stupid. It is important. But it's not more important than being a daddy. It's not. And it ain't easy. Who said it's easy? Who? What book did somebody write? Does, does this say that it's easy? It's, no, it's not easy. There, there's no book that says it's easy. But we have to be intentional in the use of our time. Your kids don't need a leftover dad. 
They don't need to get what's left over at the end of the day. They don't need leftover time. They don't need leftover energy. They don't need leftover attention. And if that's all you got to give them, you're gonna, <clears throat> they're going to struggle and they're going to disconnect. And I remember in August of 2004, so whatever that is, 14 years ago, Dan Parker, who's a senior uh, owner at Cowell Banker, and I was working at Cowell Banker, he called me in his office, and we were sitting down talking about work, and I had been in the business about six months, talking about business and talking about work and talking about this, that, and the other thing and how that, that real estate industry can, can, uh, can consume you. Um, and and it, you, you can find yourself working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And he said something to me that I will never, ever forget what he said. He said, the Lord, it's so cool working for a Christian company too, by the way. But he said, the Lord will provide you with enough business to provide for your family. And he will provide you with enough time to care for your family. He will provide you with enough business to provide for your family. And he will provide you with enough time to care for your family. Just don't screw those two things up. And that's a very true statement for us, for men, by putting limits on our time at work, we're modeling for our family that we will fight for them. Y'all, your heart, your heart is going to follow where you invest your time and your resources. That job of yours will steal your heart away from your family. Don't let that, that job steal your heart from your family. Your kid's stability, your kid's security, your kid's self-confidence, their spiritual health are all wrapped up in the influence that you have on their lives. Don't let anything steal that away, not on your watch. And I know the struggle. I live that struggle. I said those words, and here's probably what those words sound like. You're on the phone, and you call your wife, and you say, Baby, I'm working late, but I'm doing it for you. I work so hard for you and for Zach and for Will. But here's the deal. Your Zach and your Will are not going to remember so much what you did for them while you were at work. They're going to remember what you did with them. Y'all get that? There's a difference. And yeah, work hard and set a godly example for your kids working hard. But don't let it steal your heart away from your kids. Protect them with everything that you've got. Dads, you are the primary protector of the family physically and spiritually and emotionally. And you've got to understand that you're called by God to shepherd and protect your kids in every area of their lives during the pretty short amount of time that you have with them. We only get them in our homes for about 20% of their lives. With courage and conviction, guard their hearts and guard their minds and their bodies. Keep them from harm. And you got to know what's going on in their lives. you got to know what they're thinking. you got to know who is influencing them other than, than you. You need, to, you need to pray for them every single day. Pray for yourself that God would lead you to lead them as He would have for you to lead them. Pray that, that He would give you the courage to fight anything that would step up and harm your kids. Protect them from the deceiver. Stay in the Word. 
with your kids. Let them see that you love God. Let them see you lean into God and fight temptation. Let them see you rest in Christ's arms. Let them see you cast your burdens on the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 29, He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then in verse 30, He said, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And y'all, a yoke is what two oxen that are pulling something, the yoke ties them together. You know why it ties them together? So that when this one can't take another step, this one can walk for him. He re- this one relies on the strength of this one for every single step. Let your wives and your sons and your daughters see you rely on Christ, not the things of the world. Let them see you rely on Christ for every single step that you take, not on liquor and not on drugs and not on adulterous relationships and not on work, but on Christ. Let them see that your strength and your courage to fight is coming from His strength and His courage to fight for you. Shoot back 3,500 years ago, just on the heels of God splitting the Red Sea, Israel gets out of Egypt, God splits the Red Sea. Just on the heels of that, the people look to Moses and they say he's their leader. They look to Moses and they say, you know, we need to know what to do. And Moses says that Moses sings this in Exodus 15. He says, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. And then he says, the Lord is a warrior. He calls the Lord a warrior. As for me and my house, that is the God that I'm going to serve every day till I die. He is my rock. He is my, my shield. He is my protector and my strength and my courage to fight, to protect my kids and my wife. It comes from him. It does not come from me. And so my response to all that is to serve him. So lastly, men, we need to serve We need to lead our kids and our families through Christ-like service. Jesus loved and served people. His life and His death demonstrated His love for us. When you, as a man, demonstrate the value of people by serving them, your children and your families will follow. If you, as a man, model generosity and self-sacrifice, the odds skyrocket that your kids are going to live generous and sacrificial lives. If they see you give financially and serve this church body, the odds skyrocket that your kids are going to give and they're going to serve. If you think beyond yourselves, the odds skyrocket that your kids will think beyond themselves. Show them that serving is important. Love and serve God by loving and serving others. Volunteer one or two Sundays a month in the My Kids or in the My Tots. Serve once or twice a month in M2540, our food insecure and homeless ministry. And if you don't feel called to be on the streets in that ministry, there's opportunities to cook. Today, for tomorrow, we still need 80 hamburgers. Somebody man up and get the grill out and cook some hamburgers. We need 80 tomorrow. We got a serve desk right out there in the, in the foyer with all the different opportunities to serve in this church body. 
model for your kids how important serving other people, how important that is. Let them see in you what, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let them see what that, how that plays out in, in your lives. Let them see that selfishness and self-centeredness ain't fixing to happen on your watch. Guys, with God's hand, with God's grace, with God's word, with God's presence, with God's help, you can be the shepherd of your home that God wants you to be. You can be the godly influencer in your home. You can be the God-ordained leader that he has wired you up to be. Rely on his authority and you can win the fight. Rely on his word and you can win the fight. Rely on his presence every day and you will win the war. With his strength, you can fight for your wife. With his strength, you can fight for your marriage. With his strength, you can fight for your kids. It is up to us to fight for our families. But you know what? You can't rely on any of that if you don't have a relationship with him. And you might have come today for the bacon. I I don't know. You might have come for the bacon, but, but if you want to be a better man and you want to be a better husband and you want to be a better father, you want to be a better uncle, you want to be a better granddaddy, say yes to Christ today. If you want to win the battles, say yes to Christ today. And if you haven't been the man that you have wanted to be, say yes to Christ today and He can change your future. He is saying to you, yoke yourself to me. Use my strength and I will give you the courage to be a godly leader. The decision is yours, and all you have to do is two things. Number one, you have to say, Lord, I'm done with my past, and I'm sorry, and I want to change, and I'm committed to change. And number two, you say, I believe that you died for my sins 2,000 years ago, and then you rose from the grave to seal that deal. And I want all of us to, to close our eyes. I want us to bow our heads, and I want us to pray for everybody in this room. I want us to pray for the men to be godly leaders. I want, to, I want us to pray right to yourself. I want us to pray for the women to be godly wives. And I, but I want you all to lower your heads. I want you to, and I want to just sit here for 15 or 20 seconds. I want us to think about that. Y'all keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Here's the the deal. If you decided today that you're in, if you decided today that you want that, I, I, I want you to pray this prayer with me out loud or to yourself. Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. Lord, I'm, I'm willing to turn from my sin this morning. Lord, I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. And from this moment on, I want to serve you. I want you to be my leader in Christ's name. Amen. So if you just said that prayer, you just secured eternity with Jesus. If, if you just said that prayer, we want to walk that journey with you. We want to come alongside of you. And I want you to fill out that connection card and let us know that you did that. Check that box that says I made Jesus a leader and forgiver of my life. And if you did that, even in the last few weeks or whenever, the next logical thing is to take the God plunge 
which is biblical baptism here. The next one is July 15th, and I want you all to sign up for it. You can let us know that on that connection card as well. Now I want to do something, I want to, and this is going to be different for us, but here's what I want. I want every man that feels led, that every man in this room that wants to be the leader that God has called him to be, the leader that God has called you to be, I want you to stand up. I want you to come down here because I want to give you something. I want, I want you to, 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 I, I want to, to equip us to be, uh, I want to equip us to fight for our marriages. I want to equip us to fight for our children. I want to uh, equip us. I want to equip us more than anything to just be godly leaders that raise godly leaders. And so what you have in front of you is, uh, is a resolution, a resolution for men. Stephen and Alex Kendrick wrote this. They wrote the movie Courageous. This kind of comes out of that. And these resolution statements are based on the highest priorities for men in the Word. They, they are commitments that you should resolve to live your lives by. Every one of them is a call to action. And, and living by those commitments, at the end of the day, when we meet God, which we will, I want Him to look at all of us and say, y'all did a good job, well done. And so what I'm asking ask y'all to do is just repeat this after me. I do solemnly resolve before God... Does everybody have one? All right. I do solemnly resolve before God to take full responsibility for myself, my wife, and my children. I will love them, protect them, serve them, and teach them the Word of God as the spiritual leader of my home. I will be faithful to my wife to love and honor her and be willing to lay down my life for her as Jesus Christ did for me. I will bless my children and teach them to love God with all of their hearts, all of their minds, and all of their strength. I will train them to honor authority and live responsibly. I will confront evil, pursue justice, and love mercy. I will pray for others and treat them with kindness, respect, and compassion. I will work diligently to provide for the needs of my family. I will forgive those who have wronged me and reconcile with those who I have wronged. I will learn from my mistakes, repent of my sins, and walk with integrity as a man answerable to God. I will, 
I will seek to honor God, be faithful to His church, obey His word, and do His will. I will courageously work with the strength God provides to fulfill this resolution for the rest of my life and for His glory. Let me pray. Lord, we love you today. Lord, I love this church. Lord, this is your church. We are here. We are called to do what you would have us to do. Lord, you have got a group of men that just committed to stay with you, to stay yoked with you, to stay linked with you, Lord, to, to lead their families, to, to lead their children. Lord, we're raising up an army of, of, of just godly men to go out and do what you would have for us to do. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Gentlemen, you can return to your seats and your families.